so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Dans le paquet, il n'est pas si bien en jeu face à Joël Bach et ça va être le but de Bruce Wallet. But de Wallet 1-0 pour l'Olympique de Marseille. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. I am Stefan and I'll be hosting tonight's show. Uh, it's been a little while for me, but I'm glad to be back and looking forward to, to chatting to everyone on the show again. And for tonight's episode, we'll be reviewing last night's Mediterranean derby loss to Monaco. We'll also be looking back on recent fixtures against Carabag and Trois. Um, we'll be doing a preview of our upcoming Conference League tie with Basel later this week, and we'll discuss some of the latest news from in and around the club. So joining me to do that, we've got Ben. How are you, Ben? Uh, ask me. Ask me when I've uh, when I've vented a bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty frustrated at the minute. No worries. Well, you're on the other side of this tonight, so you'll hopefully have a lot more. Uh, more opportunities to to vent. Uh, it wouldn't have stopped me anyway, regardless, mate. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Actually, good point. Uh, and we've also got Alex. How are you? Hi, everyone. Well, it could be better, let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, that that that's why to be a Marseille fan. I think we're all used to all used to these high and lows, and yeah, it's it's kind of expected. Maybe we wouldn't support them if it was all glory. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get started. So the main feature tonight is last night's defeat to Monaco. I said so, and somewhat of a derby. I, I don't know if you can call it that, particularly because Monaco don't really have any fans. But it's it's kind of a Mediterranean derby. We'll call it one just because they're two big clubs, aren't they, in the area? Um, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Why not? It makes it seem more <laughs> interesting. So. Anyway, so we lost 1-0 at home and it was quite a subpar performance and I guess the club is really continuing a, a poor run of form at home in particular and a worrying recent drop in results. So I, I was looking back at the the fixture schedule and I think we've, we've had one point. We've got one point from the last nine um, available <laughs> points in, in, in the game. And last night's game, though, I guess it's, it's, it wasn't all about stats and numbers, to be honest. The performance was notably weak. And the team were outplayed and outclassed at times. So what happened? What went wrong for, for OM last night? And who wants to go first? Uh, ben? I, well, so much went wrong. Um, but but things things started OK, right? I mean, we, we, we've been well, we've been debating it on this platform, but but everywhere on, on social media and obviously in, in the whole fan base, there's 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 always been well always I think in recent months certainly there's been very vocal it's all San Paoli's fault I've 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 been a bit on the fence I do recognise he has faults but but I've I've well I'm still on airing on the side that the players have a large blame um, in what's going on but he started you know he did he did what what he what he could do really um you know many people we, we like playing this game. Um, you know, offline where where we all wonder in our little corner, what the hell is he gonna? What, what's the lineup gonna be? What what's the tactic gonna be this time? Um, you know, pretty damning that he's used 42 different lineups in 51 games. Um, <laughs> so so it's a lottery. But he he went with the 4-4-2, which was effective against Angers a few weeks ago when I was there. Um, I, I yeah, I, I didn't know quite what to make of it, especially when. Yes, it's all well and good. You go with 4-4-2, but you, you've got Luan Perez and, and fucking Rongier is right back. So I'm not quite sure if the plan is to to get them to overlap. They can't cross to save their lives. So th- that was predictable. But we started okay, you know. And, and for the first time in, in a few weeks, we've had a, we've had a, a midweek break. So um, I think st- statistically, we usually San Paoli since he's been here, it's been two two two. Um, just over two points out of free average when he, when the teams had a week rest. Um, Monaco were on a 
bloody awful run of form, even worse than ours. Um, so I was quite optimistic heading into this game. And then, you know, we start pretty brightly. We start with, with progressive runs, the 4-4-2. Payet seems to be starting down the middle as a number 10. Bacon Vu's making the runs he was making against Angers, dragging players into space. Um, we create a few chances, half chances. I think that the most clear chance was probably Rongier's um, left foot attempt cutting in from the right, and then Gendouzi as well had a, had a good chance. That's about it, really. And then the wheels fell off. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm sure Alex, you'll go into, into this just after me, but it is quite clear that it's one of those seasons where the the the, the Villodrome is is, is 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 a mental block. There's this there's just something wrong at home, and the players can't seem to get over that. And it led it led to as as usual becoming our own worst enemy. Thinking overthinking, overplaying, being a bit too cautious, not being direct enough, not not taking enough risks. Um, inevitably, Monaco like. Loads of teams have done this year at the Villadorm. They weather the storm and then they adapt their tactic and system. They start pressing. Uh, you know, they, they they just know they adopt this approach to if we press for the first 10 minutes of the second half, let's give it a go and let's see where it gets us. And sadly, it often leads to a goal for the opposition when they do that because we're asleep at, uh, just after half time. So that's, that sums up the game for me. Alex? Yeah, I mean... Uh... Again, I, I I struggled to understand what was Saint Pauli's plan because look again, Sanji did that kind of four four two diamond, but when we scored is when we play super vertical, super fast, almost like counter attack type of football, and then you had a lot of space for Bakumbu and Milik, and that's what they like, and and here we we put a lineup. Um, exactly for that, you know, to to play with speed and space. And actually, no, we play the same way as the ball control, like trying to push your position, uh, you know, into the side of the pitch and playing super wide with Luan Perez and Rangier and try to cross uh, balls into the box. That That is not the skills of Rangier or Luan, as you said. And it's not the, 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 the skills of, of the guys we have in the box. Even Milik is not really that kind of towering number nine. He's good with the header, but he's not like, you know, it's not Ibrahimovic or, or Giroud, right? So I don't understand what was the plan. If you put that line up, you need to play fast. You need to go deep. You need to go vertical. And, and it, it's not at all what he did. So, look, at least we started with pressing really well, as you say, in the first 20 minutes. And then you could see that start to have some cracks. The pressing wasn't as good, and Monaco starting to be, you know, better. No, not in control at all. We were, we, you know, we were playing decently well in the first half, but as usually, without creating anything. Um, but it was a decent half. No, no many, uh, no many chances. But it, it was okay. There was some movement. And then, as you say, as we all say, start the second half. It's always awful. Um, then the, the game start to open up. And we know and we've seen that many times when the games open up and it goes one side to the other um, against a good team or not even good team, just a team who have uh, some some fast guys and, and so on. Our defense just totally collapsed. And um, that's what happened in two, three occasion. And you could see, you could feel that Monaco goal coming at some point. They almost scored one in the first half just like that. And they scored one in the second half. And then... As you said, Ben, many times, and the players have done a lot of runs, a lot of movement. They start to miss that pass. They start to, you know, struggle to find the right options, and and the game just goes. And look, I've I've been in that stadium in some difficult years, and when the fans turn, and you feel how heavy it is in the Velodrome when the fans turn, it's it's truly special in a negative way, and. And then what you see is players who struggle to do even the simplest pass, the simplest shot. They don't want to take any risks. And to, to the credit of some of our players, like uh, Payet or Kamara and Gendouzi still tried, even when, you know, the, the fans start to turn. Um, but it's just not enough. And Sampaoli didn't really make the changes. He didn't really bring some players along, you know, the kind of Arit or Conrad or whoever, who have some kind of different skill who could help in some games. He didn't really bring them along this season um, or, or not well enough. And he, you feel he's kind of lost the team a little bit and the fans are turning. So it's not looking great. Uh, 
that's that's interesting, guys, because I kind of had a different assessment of the first half. I think from you, um, I kind of felt like the first twenty minutes, I felt like Monaco was superior and they showed they were technically better than us. It was quite for me, it was quite similar to the Lyon game. But then I thought from about twenty minutes in, we started actually um, maybe showing some better build-up play and 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 Bakambu for, and as well in particular started to make more runs and get more space so we were like attacking with a bit more intent and we started creating some more chances and I kind of thought like from the second half of the first half I felt like we were on the right track um and playing with a bit, you know attacking with a bit more speed and but yeah but the second half as you yeah as you said like we we always come out and we've just it's like we've not had the half the halftime team talk, you know. It's like we've just kind of went and gone for a rest and come back out, and not really woken up, and we let the game sort of slip by us. So yeah, I had a quite a different view of the first half. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's strange, but anyway, um, the I guess I had a few questions actually. So I guess I was wondering, and you've kind of touched upon most of the things I was going to ask about it, but yeah um just firstly like uh you know I think we're, there's a lot of blame right now from fans towards Sam Pauli and his tactical choices um do you think that the that, that he is solely to blame here though or do you think that there's I think that you know is it possible that that's kind of like uh sort of he's, he's becoming a bit of a scapegoat and that maybe the players really aren't stepping up it happened, it's been happening for years, right? And whether it's been AVB last year, whether it was Garcia before, um, we, we, just, we just know what happens, sadly. We know that, that there's been, apart from Gustavo, maybe in recent years, there's, there's just been a, a, you know, a crying lack of, of experience in this team and of leadership. So I think we, we touched on this last time with, with Lewis and Julien. It's just that there's nobody there to pick the, the, the game up by the scruff of the neck. You know, there's no Gattuso, there's no Sana, there's no Einzer, Nyong. We just don't have a player like that. And Payet has the armband and it's it's just fucking symbolic to maybe keep him happy. Fuck knows. But it, it, it just doesn't work. He's not a leader. He's a technical leader when he's on form. Is he, is he the type of guy who's going to run around motivating the troops, going to put a tackle in, you know, going to, going to get a ball back and, and and recover a ball and get the, get the fans going, the stadium going, no. So, Sampoli, I think I think we all knew that he, he's he's a coach that would like Villasay has his limitations in the sense that he seems to have his way or the highway in terms of system and in terms of approach. Um, I think even more stubborn than Villasay. But... Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this probably towards the end, but I think there's, there's one of his main complaints, um, I think, offline, and, and certainly he's voiced it a couple of times, notably in January when the Makato was happening, he, he asked for reinforcements because I think he could see this coming. He could see the cracks. He's not stupid. I think he could tell that, like like any team, there's always going to be a, you know, a period where you, 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 you're sort of, you know, you're less effective and, and the, the form dips a bit every team has that Nice had it a few weeks ago but that's when you need leaders right that's when you need experience on the bench or or someone that comes in and and, and can be that, that that leader in spirit and fighting spirit and we just don't have it and I, I, you know even though I, w- I didn't want Arturo Vidal for example you know another 33 year old 33 year old I think Streetman waiting to happen because god knows how much money we would have had to pay him and stuff but Clearly, Sampoli is one of those coaches that he needs those those generals on the pitch to relay his, you know, his his attitude and relay his his expectations and relay his 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 investment and and his message. And because he doesn't have those, and he's he's fallen into the trap like many before him, that Payet's so good for a certain time at the beginning of the season that is he's the automatic choice. But it 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 always comes back to bite you in the ass. I think that's that's the main thing here. Is yes, Sampoli's stubborn and tinkering too much as well with his 42 lineups of 51 games but the players we've got a very young squad it's one of the youngest squads in Europe and you know two of the alleged leaders who are Mandanda I don't believe that but you know he's, he's, he's the most capped player in normal history Alvaro Gonzalez he's had a few chances this season he's been shit and even last year we, we could see his limitations so 
they're just not there's a lack of leaders to to carry these younger players and when when you see that when it's not going well Genduzi is the only player who's running around harassing the troops telling them that to, to make the run back he should be positioned there you should be there you know 20 22 year old 23 year old should not be doing that well shouldn't have to do that alone I mean and that's that for me is the main the main reason okay um I just realised that we forgot to cover the games before it, but we can come to them after, I think. Um, silly me, it's been a while. Um, the, There's not much to cover anyway. No, nah, they were not great, <laughs> were they? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess I'll, I'll, maybe I'll ask you a different question, Alex. Um, you touched, you said something about a defence, actually, uh, Alex, and that got me sort of wondering, do you think, because a lot's been said about our good defensive record this year do you think it's an illusion that we have a good defense i uh, i think the the, the why is really underestimated when we're trying to decipher what some power is doing is that he wants the ball control because he doesn't trust our defense when the game is open so when there's speed when you know there's a lot of transition and movement I think our, our defense is generally quite atrocious. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when, when you see the defense looking, well, for instance, 4-4-2 yesterday, you got the front line in whether Bakambu Milik or, uh, or Milik Payet, um, they just shit at that front line. And then yesterday you see, for instance, then on the left, you have the Bakambu or Payet, which was clear, clearly a weakness. And, and then, you know, the other team, like at some point when I couldn't start the second half, they brought their right, right up um, to to bother Luan Perez. So there were two against one against Luan Perez. And these guys just can't cope, you know. Bakambu on the side and then Luan Perez, they can't cope. Rongier, when he's against a player at speed, why well, he's not really a rival, why well, he can't cope. Um, and the old structure, even you look at Gerson Genduzi in the middle, you know, they, they are fighters, but they, they are not, properly, uh, you know, gifted central uh, midfielders, you know, defensively. I don't think they're extremely good on that. They're good at defending going forward, but when it goes backward be- because there's low movement, they're not really good. Um, so we are good in defense and our record was good because we had the ball a lot and we were well placed to get the ball back as soon as we lost it. Okay, so that was a good thing. And then at some point where we struggle, we put Kamara back to have a line of five in the back and play actually really deep. So when it's these two, either really high up counter-press, we're okay. Really down, because we have Kamara on top and that, that kind of extra man, we're kind of okay. But when it's in the middle and it's kind of transition game and so on, we, we see every time at home when we struggle to score in the second half, the games open up and we always concede. And um, yeah, I, I I don't trust his defense that much, and that's why he wants to the, the, the ball control so much. And then the problem is that, is that that's what I always say: if you want the ball control, then you don't really want a Milik up front. You want guys who are more technically gifted, so they don't lose the ball. But then we don't really have quite these players. So um, it, it's it's it's, it's difficult. You know, Sampoli, yeah. he, he couldn't win because. I mean, he couldn't win the debate because we had this system, as you say, where we were very solid defensively for three, two, three months, um, and and that was the, the problem you've just described was the, was that that there was nobody to, uh, you know, Minik obviously wasn't wasn't content, and you you bring in Bakambu, so you need to play him somewhere, um, yeah. and and the wingers aren't really giving satisfaction, you know, Enrique Conrad, they're just especially they're, on the left, on yeah. form. Um, Under was was a shining light for a while in January, and then obviously you know you can't expect him to carry the team on his shoulders the whole se- the whole winter. So yeah, and so this leads Sampoli to sacrifice this for this 4-4-2 we started seeing against Angers, or for for more experimental approaches to maybe relinquish a bit of control but try and try and put early intensity into games. And this is the price we pay is is now that the, the, the defense has gone. And I think it, it against Lyon was the, the first sign of that. And then away to Nice when he played the pretty much similar defence yesterday, even worse with Saliba out right back for some reason. That's when that's <laughs> when we conceded four goals. And since then we haven't looked the same defensively. Yeah. The, the thing is because we especially when we play so high up, we, we're a bit 
you know, uh, on the line defensively. Like it's, we, we are at the limit, like every time it's touch and go. So you need that extra little bit of confidence because our defender needs to defend, you know, so much space behind their back. And and we kind of lost that confidence. And, you know, it's, it's in little detail, that kind of good little tackle, good little positioning here and there. And, and we totally lost confidence. You can feel it. And, and it makes a difference, you know, these kind of bounces who go your way, go the other way now. And it's, it's very clear, especially at home. And, and the thing for me, and the, the thing that frustrates me with we, we Pauli, because in the past, especially before, I like 70% of what I did and then 30% I just couldn't understand at all. And what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when we have that, that ball control kind of game and we attack, um, we actually struggle to create anything. There's some good movement, good passing, good build-up, but struggle to create anything. And if you look, actually, most of the goals we've scored this season as when we play fast, some kind of counter-attack or, you know, playing with speed. Or if it's that ball control, it has to be either corner kick or penalties or under special magic shot from wherever. <laughs> um, look at the game against Angers, for instance, when we score, we score four or five. Like it's pretty much all we speed with loads of space can kind of counter attack. So it's that catch 22 again. Like you, you score when you play fast, but when the game is fast, your defense can cope. And he, he, it's just it's just difficult. Um, we haven't found the, the, the movement in a ball control type of game, the movement up front to create. The, the the differences and the short opportunities that that we would have liked and and the, I've seen no progress on that uh, unfortunately well, and that, that's the big issue. We're not capable. Yeah, clearly the conclusion no. is now that he's tried, players. Yeah, he's tried a lot. That, that it just can't be done in that system and and the, the players can't do it themselves autonomously. So it, it just yeah. leads to this blockage. To be honest, because um, the last time. So just in a way, because the last time what you have when we do that ball control is we, we, we find a, a way to get a player on a shooting position, but it would be Ganduzi or Ranger or Kamara, and they, they just can't put it in the net. It's it, it, the way we play, you know, these ball control, it's rarely Milik or, um, or, 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 you know, uh, Django, whoever, who really have these great shooting opportunities, is usually our midfielders, and th- they can't put the ball in. To be honest, like I kind of feel like we've had a problem with the animation of, of attack and play for as long as I can remember. It was an issue under Garcia. It was an issue under AVB, and we were very often, you know, we 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 didn't really have any ideas, and we didn't attack with any sort of um, pace or. Um, that urgency um, and there was a lot of just moving the ball around and we were so yeah. reliant on Tovan. So you talk about Inter now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. it was just before it was just um, before Inder. I mean, yeah, your Payet and before that it was just Tovan. It was just a moment from Tovan where he was able to run through, cut in and shoot and score. Um, it's so it's kind of. Um, I don't know. It seems like it's much more deeper rooted than just the coach and his uh, and his, his selections. And it can't be just the personnel either. There's something else. I don't know. I can't. I can't quite put my finger on it because I don't understand why. But it does seem like there is something inherently um, wrong with this team. With this, this club, you know, that it just can't seem to play. Free flowing football. I don't know why, because everyone but, talks but, about uh, boot and we we are anything but that, um, and we haven't been that for so long. But anyway, the, the, the problem you have at home in in you know w- w- when team come to the Velodrome, it is usually the standard French team would come and and really want to defend. That that's the that's the quality of French club. They defend well. They park the bus well. And then it's really hard because there's not much space. So you need that get these guys with technical skill, movement, quickness, dribbling. And I don't know why either we haven't recruited these kind of guys. And also, you look, these kind of guys are hard to find or expensive when they're talented. So we were always lacking that extra bit of, of, of talent and, and technique. And, and 
you know, uh, it's exactly like now. Look, for instance, like you know, you you put guys like like Milik. Uh, uh, for instance, he, he doesn't really have the right technique to play in a compact game. You know, uh, in the box, he's not gifted enough. Do we have a lot of these players gifted enough? Yeah, Under can do it a little bit. Um, Payet, but he won't really gain to the box, and he, he's lost a bit of his, you know, uh, uh, burst and, and speed. So. Not really. So you don't have that kind of talented guy who can do a very quick one-twos or, you know, surprising shots or, you know, it, it's difficult. There's not much space. It's all it's all compact and we just don't have the players, it seems. Yeah, I mean, that was actually going to be my final question was just about why you thought the, the home form was so poor, but you, you, you've answered that. And I guess, like, there isn't, as you said, there isn't really a solution, is there, if you think that the personnel isn't right? Um, and I don't, what's, what, what, I mean, you guys talk about the the formations, the diet, the 442 diamond and all the other ones that, nobody understands from before <laughs> the three 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 one or whatever <laughs> and the all the various various you know, ways that that's looked but what what would you think is the best setup then for these games these home games for OM based on the resources that we've got and so, so I, I yeah so i'll say a little something like that. I, I think when you look at the teams coming they, they won't playing against us they won't start with the defenders in their box straight away. The fact that we play such a slow build-up, and I think the passing is quite slow, you know, the, the whole game is moving slowly towards the opposition box, and then it's all, you know, compact into that box. The, the way I, I I would like us to do a bit more, not, not just doing 100% like that, but, you know, a bit more variation, is sometimes you play a bit more long balls, or sometimes you play you know, almost like counter-attack. So when that defense, because Monaco, when, when when we start the build-up with our defenders, Monaco's defense is actually quite high up the pitch. But because we, we're going so slowly, they, they just, you know, go lower, 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 and so on, and then it's all compact. So we need to play faster so the game doesn't go so slowly up until their, their, um, their box. We need to be able to play faster. And that's why a guy like Balerdi that, that always like, he has that kind of killing pass who in one pass, he can be two lines of, of defense. And then you get Payez number 10, who can send like a, you know, a bit like a quarterback to either Bakambu or Undo or whoever, and just play that kind of, you know, speedy game once in a while. But we just don't do that because some is just, just too scared or the players are too scared. I don't know. So I think that that's the way you can, beat these teams like before they all retreat in and park the bus there are opportunities there so that's that's my view okay it, it's a tough one i think it will come from the system because there is there is no x factor on the bench um you know sadly well, i wouldn't say sadly but it's the usual at Massey, right so you know conrad does does free step overs in in the two two or three first three games of the season and suddenly it's like oh who's messy blah 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 and it's you know the fans build up this this image that players are brilliant when they're good and they're all shit when they're poor. It's it's even a, even more so at OM. It's over amplified, but it's going to come from that. It's going to come from from the system <clears throat> and tweaking that. And yeah, when when it when we, when we had good phases in the first half, it was because we weren't passing laterally. We were passing vertically, and it was one touch, and there were triangles yeah. and, and, and moves going on. But but typically what's happening is because that goes nowhere and, and players like Jason and, and Genduzi, Jason especially last night, I rewatched extended highlights this morning. In the first half, twice, he gets into good positions. Uh, once is um, Milik has a chance to, to play a one-two to him and get him into a shooting position. He, he, take, he just takes it to feet instead of putting it straight back to him on the edge of the box. Second time was when Bakambu goes into the box out on the left. He he, he sort of goes for a scuffed shot, cross attempts. He just can't get it to hit to him at the far post. But Genduzi and Jason are basically doing what, what, what you call in French, dépassement fonction. So they're doing extra ghost runs, dummy runs, obviously free up space for Payet and uh, and the fullbacks to cut inside or to get down the wing. And the problem is they will only do that for so long without getting the ball because A, it's exhausting and B, you know that you're not going to get the pass. So you think, oh, well, we might as well stay so we, we can offer a solution in the build-up. 
and that that's the trap that we fall into is too much lateral play too much passing from left to right hoping to drag the players out of zone but with even with that we don't do it fast enough and so yeah. players taking two or three touches on the ball means that the, 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 the you know defense in two seconds they've already skipped across so it's gonna it's got to come from a, a system readjustment but also mentality readjustment where players just just try the pass and they just come in get into the habit of trying the vertical pass and taking the risk I'd rather see us lose the ball four times and, and get it right once and, and score or have a decent chance than, than not try it at all. And that's the point we're at now. I think it's though it's quite it's all it's all very well saying oh we need to just pass the ball forward more. Um I think when you're playing against better teams who don't leave space open for you to make those kind of passes, that's not so easy. But I personally think that maybe there is a a change in approach needed from it's the beginning easy, but games. We need to be able to mix it up a bit, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. At the very least, we need to attempt it a couple think, of times. Yeah, I think what I'd like to see, though, is more just like, you know, when we start a game like this, that we start aggressively and we go in, you know, we hit teams hard right from like for the first few minutes, first, you know, 10 minutes or so, just don't let them settle into any sort of rhythm and, um, and really try and. Uh, sort of shake things up a bit, you know, put put, put our opponents um and you know in a sort of state of discomfort. because um, I think that when we, we start in these games and we are just kind of, as you guys say, sort of passing the ball around from side to side, trying to keep possession, we're allowing our opponents to really sort of feel relaxed in the game. They're not really under any direct threat and it's allowing them to, to build shape and to and also to like um slowly pick us out pick us apart but you know once they come into the game and they can start finding um room and uh, and, and build upon their own plane i just think that we need to just be more uh, more just more of a sort of bullying side at home you know i think this is our tough and we and, and you know if we can't keep it up for a full 90 minutes that's fine but if we can hit teams really hard uh, at those First, but again in the first half, again in the second half, you know, and then sort of, and hopefully pick up yeah. goals in those periods, and then we can think that's, about just passing the ball around. All that's what we were doing under Bielsa, right? And that's that's yeah. why it was so effective because by the time that we had the slump or the opposition adjusted, we were we were usually already one or two goals up with Bielsa because we were just that, that yeah. aggressive. But the problem is, is that because. Uh, now we have the mental block at home and, and because I think that we, we tried that and last night quite clearly there was a different approach to the game it was the best start we've probably made to a game in the last month and a half yeah it was aggressive it was it was sadly, good it was aggressive sadly when they, when it doesn't come off because the players are too used to it, it the, 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 the rot settles in the, the heads drops too quickly because there's a lack, of, lack of, of, of temper and a lack of leadership and that's the main problem is that we, we're just we're just very predictable because teams know that if they frustrate us for more than 20 minutes, the doubts will start to creep in and the heads will drop. And, and that's what we're too guilty of. Right. Uh, I think I'm going to just move on because um, there's some other things I wanted to cover uh, tonight. So um, I actually just wanted to um, get your tops and flops uh, from last night's game. So which players do you think are worthy of being called a top and who is a flop? <laughs> Alex, do you want to go first? Shit. Um, look, I think I think Kamara has been really good, and not only defensively, but also he's, he's he brought some solution and he was in in good position a couple of times in the box. And um, even when the fans started to get frustrated, and you could feel you know close to the bronca kind of time, um, he was still there fighting. Um, same with Genduzi, fighting nonstop. Was he perfect? No. Did he miss some passes? Yes, but he's, he's always there, giving everything whatever happens. And um, and, and you know, as I said, I've I've been in the stadium when it was uh, some awful years where we almost went down in like 2000, 2001. And I, I can tell you when when that st- stadium turns, it's fucking difficult and. Even for me, because I I never boo the team, I never sing Les Chèvres or whatever. Um, it's so heavy and mentally so tough. And Genduzi was still there fighting. Um, and look, I have to say Payet as well. I know he's got a lot of um, 
love Stag because he's not as good as the first half of the season. And he's um he's um getting a bit um you know overweight or whatever, uh for sure. But he was still very good in the second in, in the first half and in the second half when he was tough, when he was, you know, when we were one nil down, he was the only one trying the difficult passes, trying to create anything. And while the other one were well, you know, pretty much hiding. Um, because I've seen that in the past. I know players do hide usually in this situation. So so yeah, that that will be my 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 three players. You know, nothing amazing, but at least some guys who 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 have a bit of a personality, I would say. I mean, I'd I'd um I'd put Gerson in in the top. I think he had a very good first half, and then second half he he was he was covering a lot of ground and trying to get into attacking positions and and play with more direct, which is from him was my main criticism of him in the beginning of the season. Um, and I'd put Kamara, yeah, Saliba as well, because I think he saved our asset. Saliba was good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but uh, but the flops, uh, you know, Rongier, bless him. His form ah, awful. dipped. Awful. Yeah, his form's dipped. His crossing was awful. And he, 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 I, I, feel, I feel sorry for him because he's, he's, he's making the effort, but he's just, he, he just lacks that direction and composure. And obviously it's, it's not his position, but he just looks a bit like headless chicken mode where he's running, covering the ground for the sake of covering the ground and he's turning into Sanson more and more. Um, so him, but, but I'm sorry, mate, Payet, fucking, I, I'm, I'm just so fed up with the whole thing, you know? <laughs> he, yes, he, look, he started okay. Um, it looked like he was, he was en jambe, as we say, you know, it looked like he was, he was, he'd had a week's rest, he was up for it. Um, you know, a couple of good passes in the in the first 20 minutes, a couple of like outside of the boot specials. Uh, there was one he attempted for Genduzi that would have been amazing if it had come off. But but after that, obviously the the the, the opposition closes the space. But I'm sorry, there's no fucking excuse. Whether you're Payet or professional footballer, we had 11 corners, only one cleared the foot the near post, and you know at his age. With his lack of pace and stuff, and he he knows that he's acknowledged that and stuff. The very least he should be doing to justify the fact he's a starter is is killing the set pieces. You know, look at I'm not going to compare him to Messi, but look at Messi in recent years for Barcelona. You know, he's he he started working on his free kicks, and he's he's been one of the top marksmen on free kicks in in direct free kicks in the last few in the last five years because he he worked on that facet of his game because he knew he was no longer going to be capable of doing it week in, week out, of going on these mazy runs, getting past five players and slotting it into the net. So the fact that Payet can't even get that right, um, you know, and again, to finish on Payet and overall for, um, you know, I moaned about him last time and I moan about him daily, but... You moan about him every episode. (laughs) I do, I do, but, you know, there's, again, you know, last week, RMC, Longoria was there, uh, Genduzi was there, Payet was there. Blowing his trumpet, you know, when 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 there's a chance for self-promotion, um, when he has to make that comment after the loss to Clermont, like, oh, we need to buckle up, there's too much ego shit. You know, th- th- he's always there. He's always there when he, when, he, when there's a chance of making of bigging himself up and, and bombing the chest and acting like Mr. Tough Guy. When it comes to it on the pitch, he's a fucking ghost. He should not have the armbands. He can't I, be the I captain. don't agree, mate. Look, 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 look. he's not a captain anyway, by any stretch of the it. imagination. Mate, you, you, you have to look yesterday when but we were one in down. He's was capable of doing what he does when he's good. That's the, that's the paradox. No, no, right. no. You need to look at the game yesterday when we were one year down. And I, you, I, I was shitting on Payet last year because he's a fucking twat. So it's not a player that I love or anything. But you just see when we're one nil down, it was the only player trying things. All the other were doing simple passes. He's the only one who had the guts to try to do stuff and make things happen. And it's something that we need to to realize and not just saying he doesn't fight, he doesn't tackle. Yeah, okay. I've seen this stadium with talented player when it's tough. And I can tell you, 90% of them do not even try a difficult pass when it's tough. They do not. I, to be honest, so, I I kind of agree with you. Like um, I, I I firstly I, do you remember I used to get such a hard time about talking about Bunasar. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ben, you're, you're, you you. Shit, you, I turned into Steph. 
Oh, and he's fucking good as well. He's like been our best player for like the last few years, so that's the funny thing. At least, at least the player I was hating on sucked. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I'm kind of like with Alex. Like, he, yeah, he's frustrating and he's overweight and he's 34, nearly 35. He shouldn't be our best player. He, he shouldn't. shouldn't. He shouldn't be. Yeah, and he isn't. He shouldn't be the captain. He's not got the right sort of. He's not the right um, character, is he, for the yeah, be a I captain? Agree. Not the right style of player, really, either. Probably not. But but as 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 you say, Alex, like when we're struggling, like he's his technical superiority is clear as day. Like he's the only guy that is is not just capable, but is actually in some ways trying to do things that are ambitious and trying to do. The things that are going to uh, to change the game, so you've got exactly. to kind of give them some respect there. Um, but yes, I mean, long term. I agree. Like, I agree. He's I, great when it's going well, but when it's going bad, he's he's it's just his attitude that does it for me. Okay. Well, and anyway, I, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Fair enough. Right. That that's just your opinion. I hold it. I hold it. The problem with Payet is at the end, what did we, what worked yesterday was pass of Payet to Bakambu. That's yeah. it. Pretty yeah, exactly. much all the rest was shit. So uh, it's all well and good to criticize Payet and, oh, we should put Milik, he's amazing. We have a crazy number nine, he can score goals. Fuck that. Without Payet, there's no team. There's no team. Nobody's passing yeah. the ball, nobody's got the skills. He's the only one, and he knows that. That's the problem, is that he knows that. I just, I just hate to love him, but I love to hate him. That's the thing. But no, he's frustrating. Like, he's frustrating. Yeah. He's frustrating. Mal, so it's coming out. Or, or you do yours, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, I don't have that much to say now. Um, tops. Pie it. Probably Saliba had a pretty solid game for the most part. Defensively, looked quite assured. But it's, yeah, even though I think the defense was really poor, was poor at times. Um, but I think I would blame the other players around them more. Uh, Chileta Saab, Luan Perez. Um, you guys said Kamara. Yeah, I think he had a pretty like decent game. You know, he was sober. He was energetic as always I don't think anyone really stood out I, I, I know people were shitting on Bakambu but I thought you know as you were saying Alex no, like if we were, going to, we were going to score like um, Payet and Bakambu were the two players linking up that looked like they were capable of Definitely. making anything happen so for me like potentially Bakambu the more service he gets I think he would have scored you know or, or done something um, but it's just like sure. a bit of match fitness and a bit of, you know, the kind of finishing, uh, you know, scoring the goal because he's not quite ready just yet. But you could see yeah. the, the, the speed and the potential. And uh, in the flop, we, we should definitely put Milik. I mean, he was shit from start well, to finish. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, mate. My flops <laughs> are Milik because he just kind of, again, a bit of a ghost, wasn't he? He's just not really in the game like he should be. And then when the opportunities are arising... He's not sharp enough. So, like, you think about the Gunduzi yeah. one that was, you know, when he hit that kind of cross to the back post, and Milik is just, he's just not. And I know it's hard for him to see, but you know, I just feel like all these, it, it kind of just shows how he's just not quite at the level um, mentally. I suppose he's not quite there. And you know, if you are playing in, in in form and that the 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 peak of the powers would be pouncing on something like that, would be anticipating those kind of opportunities, so I just feel like yeah, he's just not quite 100% and he's very consistent actually lately, because some games he's, you know, we've seen him scoring goals and he looks quite sharp, but um, yeah. He, he, did, he did say that in his post-match interview, didn't he? He said, I mean you know, put yourself in my place, I score a hat-trick and I'm benched the next game, how do you expect me to, to carry on the form and the confidence? But Fair enough, he, you know. Burns, but you're a professional, mate. You should be capable of performing. You know, so I'd counter that argument, but I do see, I do see his point. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to um, write a letter to the club or anything like 
some people might do. Mar save you send a letter to Longoria saying... <laughs> <laughs> We're declaring war on the Dodgers, are we? Jesus, guys. We can drink as much pasties as hopefully. I have another player, actually, that I was going to highlight as a flop, and that was Luan Perez, actually. I thought he was very poor. I know I criticise him a lot. Um, I feel feel like, for me, and, you know, know, often, like, we're we're playing in this kind of, the back is like a back four with Rangier as a right back and Loan kind of drifting up as a left back. I think offensively he just doesn't offer enough to play that role. I, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that was that was quite evident in that game. And when you're playing against teams of quality, yeah, I'd say Monaco, <laughs> you know, in league and terms, league and terms of a quality side, I think you need a bit more than what he can offer. And his limitations were very clear to me. Um, so I think uh, I will pick him as my other flop. And that is all. And I think we'll move on. And we missed talking about the game. We were going to talk about Trois. We missed that game. It was a shit game. So I don't think we really need to talk about it. Um, the, the, the only thing to, to, that I would say, I did, I did do the count earlier. <clears throat> Across the last three games, so and this is considering we scored three at Carabaga, we've had eight shots on target in total across the last three games so uh, that's awful. if there's anything to say is that the the, the, the downward trends um you know the, the the lucky win in Karabag was was just that a very lucky win um and it, it's yeah we're, we're exposed now we can't hide we just we're just really struggling in the final third to create so I didn't see the the Karabag game actually I missed that match entirely and uh I, I mean, I looked at the score, so I didn't. I, I, I assumed that we had uh, won pretty comprehensively. We'd gone through that Not time. Without, so no. that's interesting. Um, we defended and counted. That's it. No. I think that there was there was at least forty five minutes from from our goal to just before our second goal. I think we I didn't see us complete more than three passes consecutively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how that's, bad it was. That's, yeah, that's surprising. I mean, you know, you, you look at it on the 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 score. I mean, three nothing, and we come through six one. And so I thought that was quite remarkable, particularly given that I found that Carabag were actually pretty decent in the first leg. I thought they were a good side, so I was kind of I was kind of shocked that we would we had won so so easily. Well, if not, well, perhaps not. But um, yeah, it did. The result surprised me. So yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. And leading into the other games, um, I will admit, actually, I did like I did attempt to watch the game, but I got the time wrong. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I told you guys the, the story then. That like my uh, my dad told me it was on at like four or something, and he put it on, and we watched like the first twenty minutes, and then we realised we were actually watching the first like <laughs> catch up again. <laughs> I kept saying, I was like, "Are you sure this game was meant to be in Carabag? How are we playing again at the Velodrome? I'm sure, the last game was at the Velodrome, but then yeah, and then as a result, I couldn't I couldn't actually see the game because it clashed with you know other stuff that I had to do, but um. So yeah, that was my Carabag experience. That's what happens when you let like um, OAPs uh, handle the, uh, the yeah the technology. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I think we'll maybe just move on then. So we've got like a couple of things just to 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 talk about before we finish. Um, shall just while we're on the subject of the Conference League, so we've just been drawn with uh, Basel. Basel, I don't know how they say it in Switzerland, Basel, because in German part of Switzerland. Yeah, so we're playing FC Basel on Thursday. Um, yeah, I just kind of was wondering what your thoughts are on that draw and what you think our prospects are. Uh, Come on, it's your cup, Ben. It's your cup. Go for it. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'll repeat again that I think this is the only thing that is, is keeping... The, the squad from fully imploding is the fact that there are these these two games a week and that the subs think they may get a chance even though he doesn't turn over. But it, I think it's the only thing that is holding the the, the, the team together right now and the club. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, Basel, they've lost their top striker to Fiorentina, didn't replace him. Um, they sacked their coach uh, a couple, three or four weeks ago. 
they're, they're not the same team that qualified from the top of their group from the, the Conference League. So, uh, yeah, we've had difficulties. I wouldn't pass, put it past us completely shitting it and getting knocked out, right? But on paper, at least, uh, I'm not as worried about them as I would have been if they, they'd kept their, their top striker um, and and they were still playing the, the, the attractive football they were playing for the first half of the season. So, uh, yeah, I think that we have a decent chance that the away goals rule is gone, which is a blessing in disguise when we play our first leg at the Villadorm, because we all have got too many memories of goddamn free, being 3-0 up against St. Petersburg and then conceding the goal and losing 2-0 in, in the return leg and stuff like that. It's just happened too many times to Marseille. So I think that we'll maybe scrape a 1-0 or a draw, but the way things are going, uh, it's at home as well, which uh, doesn't help, but there needs to be a reaction somewhere. And, you know, the European Cup has, has often in the past for Marseille been, been the, um, the, only, the only salvation, you know, even with uh, Deschamps' final season when we were really struggling, we went to court finals of Champions League somehow. So maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it'll do the play some good to, to not be in a Ligue 1 context. Maybe Basel won't sit back and and we'll play to our strengths, which is giving us too much space, hoping that we can do something with it. But we'll see. It's it's very difficult to predict after our recent form. They also sold, didn't they, a, uh, a player to Leo, didn't they, for a decent amount of money, Zagrovia. I don't know how uh, much about him, but I'm sure he was from Basel as well. So I'm assuming he was a important part of the score well, so maybe that's striker, mate. He'd, um, yeah uh, Cabral yeah he'd scored yeah, like but that's goals, two players they've lost you know in the yeah. attack the right wing you know the, the, you know, the, the main thing is it's the uh, it's the Christian Jimenez derby guys you know <laughs> <laughs> we still have the Christ, Christ, Christian Jimenez award don't we or did I change the name last year oh fuck mate I don't well, remember anyway well, he's got in his first game and that's it that's it. Cool. No, he's got one more goal after that in, in the Europa League too, but or the Europa Cup at the time. But I think yeah, he only scored two goals. He started, he was one of the only first team players to play at the Pug de Prince when we sent the kids. Yes. Which yes. Says, says a lot about his fall from grace. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want some scores for um, Marcy Basel on Thursday. Oh, what yeah, are your predictions, uh, Alex? Do you yeah. want to go first? Yeah, let me just add just a, a little something on on that that conference guy. And I think look, w- with a normal coach, it, it could either be really good to have you know both competitions so you can rotate and make everybody happy, okay? But we know what some power is going to do. He's going to put put Payet 90 minutes for every game. He's going to put Gendouzi 90 minutes for every game and so on, and it will have an impact in the league. And if we fucked up against Clermont and at the last minute against Troyes, I think there's a, a fair chance that the two games against Karabakh had a big impact on it. Um, so it, it's difficult. I wouldn't mind us being out of that competition if... Sampaoli can manage the, you know, egos and personality of the squad. And so they can all focus and be fresh for the league and still finish in the top three. But just with Sampaoli, I just don't know what to think. <laughs> I'm going to think that he's going to put the same team for every game and it's going to explode even more. And we're not going to win this cup and we're not going to finish top three at the kind of rate we're going. So, so I, I'm, I'm just a bit lost. I don't know what to think. I mean, I, I, I hate to, I hate to ask the theoretical question, right? But would you rather win this trophy and finish fourth, fourth or fifth or finish third and get knocked out right now? Finish third. Obviously, uh, third, finish yeah. third. You have to money wise. It's just too important. By the way, okay, what um, happens if you win this? Do you get you that's rubbish like <laughs> that's not really like much of a reward for winning it you know yeah yeah if it was champions league they should they should do that that would have actually made it worthwhile for quite a few small teams as well to be fair but yeah i mean yeah do you know what they should have done which would have been much more interesting right is they should have had the conference league trophy right before the europa league the final right before the Europa League one, and if you win the Conference League, you automatically go into the Europa League final. <laughs> test the final, the Europa <laughs> League, whoever, whoever kind of won the Europa League. That would have been so much more interesting. Have you been to the, the, the Jacques Hero School of uh, Reforming <laughs> Football or something? Jesus. It's more uh, wrestling uh, Royal Rumble or something like that. Wrestling yeah, Mania kind of thing. Really. Same time or something, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, oh. scores, scores, scores. 
1-0 Marseille for me. Yeah, sounds about right. Let's see. Let's be optimistic. We can win at home. Come on, we can do it. Okay, one one nil. I I I could pick that too. Yeah, why not one nil? We'll all see it's one nil. I think I'm not worried about this tie, but you know, as you said, we sometimes we just totally fuck it up in Europe. But I think we should be confident going into this, even if we are crap in the league. Uh, I, I believe we'll we'll get this one done. But it, so, it might be better if we're out. I remember the year we won with Deschamps. We lost against Benfica. I think it was quite a final in UEFA Cup. And and because of that, they had a, you know, a lot of times to focus well, in the uh, in the league and finishing super strong. And I think that's the, one of the yeah, key yeah, reasons why we're Yeah, but we see, we see that every season when we go at Europe that, oh, we'll concentrate on the league and we'll do well. We still don't do very well in the league. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But when we go far in Europe, when, when we go far in Europe, we always miss out on the Champions League spot. Mind you, when we don't go far, we always we miss always out on the Champions League spot. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Mark my we always if we if we get eliminated. That's my prediction. Sorry, mate? What, what did you say? We're yeah. going to implode, we're going to implode if, we, if we're not... If we go out, the group implodes completely. If we, grow, if we go out in the next two weeks, it's the, possible. Group, the group implodes. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Right, I'm just looking at time. We're nearly at the hour mark, so a couple of things briefly just to to cover before we finish up some news items. So Ben, uh, I think we talked about in the prep about covering the well. There's been reports from I think from the keep, wasn't it, about issues in the dressing room and saying that players aren't aren't happy. Yeah, with uh, some Pauli's management with his the complex sort of tactical instructions. Um, yeah, so since growing reports about of unrest, um, so yeah, I kind of wanted to touch upon that and also just the uh, interview uh, with Longoria from I think it was Friday, wasn't it last week? It was Tuesday, um, Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, he did a couple actually last week. He did one in in the press and one one on the radio. So yeah, so just kind of some of the the comments that he's made as well about himself and his future, but also about the squad. Um, so. Who wants to enlighten us all and what what's what's been happening? I mean, I, I can cover it very quickly and then you got, you guys can talk about it. But the the, the main free <clears throat> main free takeaways were yeah his future blah 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 I won't go and I'm, I'm probably going to take a break from football after and blah 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 we'll we'll see whatever. Um, secondly, I think they asked him. You know, Dimiko was was pressing him on his, his style because he was like, look, if if things were going the way they were in my day, Tapi would have been in dressing room kicking us all in the ass. Um, and Longoria was like, mate, I'm not Tapi. Those days are gone. It's not my style. And I don't believe the president should should interfere with the coach and the and dressing room. Um, but I think it's notably a couple of other points he made, which were around, <clears throat> you know, the the the, the signings and. Um, because uh, there the, the, the is a question I was curious about for Mendes, which was who who chose Jason, and apparently he chose Jason. Apparently he he started working on that deal way before we we sacked AVB and 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 looked to Longo, uh, at San Paoli, Sorry, so apparently Jason is his choice. Um, uh, apparently the a couple of other things about you know being in a very difficult market, and he acknowledges that maybe. He, he's not built the exact squad that the, the coach wanted with the profiles he wanted, but he had very little to work with financially. And he feels personally that the squad that he's put together is good enough to to get top three. That's that's the gist of it. Okay. Uh, Alex, what were you any thoughts on that? I'm a bit surprised. I mean, it's Jason is his uh, transfer. He, if if that's the case, I mean, I mean, it was reported it was like 18 million for 50 percent of the player. I mean, it's catastrophic. Um, he's not a bad player. You could say even it's a good player. But 18 million while we're struggling with money for 50 percent. I mean, it's it's extremely disappointing on on this transfer. But yeah, overall, you could argue the squad is good enough to be top three and at the moment we are top three now is the squad really tailored to what Sampaoli wants to do with his ball control I'm not sure I don't think we have the right kind of wingers and the right kind of you know ball control and talented guys in in the midfield for that so 
yeah, there's a bit of um, disparity between the coach and the kind of you know uh, squad that has been given, and hopefully we'll be able to manage and still finish top three. Um, otherwise, it'll be um, a bit of a failure for everyone. Okay. Um, yeah, I think just my take on that is I I don't really read I haven't really read too much into like Longoria's comments about his future. Um, and to be honest, who cares? Like if he leaves us, he leaves us. I don't really care where he goes after. If he's not at us, whether he wants to to retire or, or not, that's really doesn't really concern us if it's post OM. But I hope that he's going to stay for a while and try and build a proper club. Um, and in terms of like the the reports around around the players, like I don't think it's really that surprising. I'm not sure whether or not like the press are just. I know they keep like to um, create stories about OM being in a crisis, and I guess it sells, and it may very well be true. But I don't know. I just I, I don't I, I haven't really observed anything on the pitch and amongst the players to look like there's some evidence of dissatisfaction or a lack of harmony or anything so I don't know I'm not really I'm not sure I'm buying into it but it would make sense if they were really confused because I'm confused and everyone else is confused so yeah it's believable um, even if it's made up there's probably a bit when, of truth. When, when, when you listen when you listen to Millie's interview yesterday it's clear that a you know, at least some players are extremely pissed off. And it was the same with Alvaro and Mandanda. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Some Pauli used a player like, like chess pawn and it doesn't seem to manage the personalities and egos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but these are all players that aren't playing as much as they want to. I'm more referring to the, you know, the fact that they're saying that players just don't understand his instructions is, is what I was... Into. Yeah, pff, look, I mean, a lot of players are not playing particularly well. And when you see Rongier, I, I don't think Rongier thinks he should be on the right back crossing in the box. And I don't think Luan Perez should think he's the left back crossing in the box, for instance. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to, 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 you know, that the player would be pissed, a lot of them would be pissed off. Uh, but that happens to every club. It's just somehow that some managers are good at managing the, you know, the mindset of the squad, and sometimes it's more difficult. And look, we just need, you know, a few good results, and everything could could get better as well. But yeah, yeah I, I just hope they don't implode. Yeah, to be honest, we see it. Sorry, I think Sampoli is just one of those coaches like Bielsa that needs the needs his profile of players the way he wants them to play. And he's he's one of those managers that is is finds it very difficult to adapt to players who don't have that ingrained in them. And I think he gets to a point where he can co- he can only coach it into so many of them, and then he it, it just dies a death because the the senior players either they buy into it or they don't, and it's more difficult for them because it's very fitness intensive. And so here are the limits, and he's got enough young players for it to work. And, and some of our most improved players are the young players, you know, Gendouzi. Uh, even Rogier's youngish Camaraz in this hybrid role has been has been very good. It's the first time in a few years that I feel like he's actually improved. But it's there's there's a lack of balance. So I think the arguments swing both ways, right? So Longoria he can't win, he can't he can only lose because now we're now the voices will say, oh he he built the squads. Uh, you know it wasn't the players the coach wanted. But on the flip side, if he had given Sampoli Vidal's and older players like that, we'd all be we'd all be screaming at him, going, "Oh well, hopefully we know Sampaoli's gone next year, and we're we're stuck with a a shit squad that no ever what no one else will want to coach." So you can't win. Yeah, I actually think when you look at big, it happens all over with the big clubs um, that they play players in positions that aren't the conventional rules, and I think and maybe when you play at a certain level, that's just expected that you can adapt to. To, to different positions um, and I think maybe we're just not so used to it because we haven't seen a lot of it at Marseille so I, I in that sense I, I think I can defend Sam Pauli but but yeah I still um, personally I still struggle to understand 
what he's trying to achieve, um, or not even that I'm struggling to understand it. Sometimes I just don't agree with with the the choices he makes. But anyway, so I, yeah, I mean, it happens in other places. Is, is my point. Um, just you know, from mine, just a uh, couple of points. Was, I was just thinking that you know, you guys are talking about Gerson and stuff. I I said on here before. I think I I wasn't entirely like convinced that Longoria has made lots of good signings. I think his record of buying players is still questionable. It's we're still still very much up for debate whether or not he he has um, improved the squad to the level I think that maybe we sometimes assume certainly we've got more depth than we ever did but individually a lot of the purchases and deals that he's made haven't worked out that well and we haven't sold a lot either so I think you know as a and I know he's president now but in the kind of sporting director element of his role I think we'll only really see you over time whether or not he has really done a good job because you know I always feared that he might be a bit of a pretender you know he's got someone that comes across well he's young people like that um you know everyone likes the idea of this new young uh transfer guru sporting director um we see it all over football there's always a new name that we're all excited about that there's loads of hype around so I, I and I've never been 100 percent convinced yet that he is the real deal I think we'll just have to wait and see I, I certainly with players like Gerson though I, I do think like there is a player there he looks like a very talented individual but you know he's certainly not a consistent performer um, and he's certainly got a lot of work to do um, to really um, I, I suppose fulfil his potential so we'll just he's again he, he, he will have to wait and see and he could very well be the player that really um Represents or the, the, the you know symbolises Longoria's time at the club. We'll, we'll have to wait and see because he's the big purchase, isn't he? And he's the player that there's been a lot of expectation upon. So so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. That goes, but I reckon the two might go hand in hand. How we view them, the performance of both those individuals at, after they've left OM. Um, I think we'll probably wrap it up. To be honest, we've covered, I think, everything that we were going to cover tonight. Um, and, yeah, I think that's really all. I don't know when when we'll plan, plan on recording next, guys. Uh, I, I suppose that's yet to be decided. We've got some games coming up anyway. So, as you say, we've got... this time the next week. It depends who's available, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We've got some interesting games coming up anyway. So, we'll certainly um, get back to you with with more coverage in the future but yeah thanks very much guys it was fun to be back and thanks everyone for listening thanks guys thank you